Hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited about our episode today on exploring the shadow with organizational psychologist Nina Jensen. Nina's a great friend of mine and a brilliant facilitator and psychologist. We get into a lot of amazing and deep work around the shadow in this conversation. First though, I wanna share about an upcoming program that I'm offering and this program is called Connect. Connect is a small group coaching program that is specifically geared for people who feel frustrated in relationships. This program is very close to my heart because I have just spent so much of my life feeling very, very, very confused, frustrated, and if I'm really honest, shameful about how I showed up in relationships, how much I was not getting what I wanted out of relationships, particularly romantic relationships in my life, but this also played out in terms of my friendships, played out in terms of my relationship with my family, even showing up in the community in the way that I really wanted to show up. I wasn't able to do that and I felt frustrated with myself about it. I went through a lot of healing work to try to figure out how to get a romantic relationship in particular to happen in my life because it was such a deep desire. I went and visited shaman in the Amazon, I did yoga, I did the law of attraction and nothing seemed to work. And when I was about 33 years old, about five years ago, I I started to come across the tools that did work for me. And that was really about a full understanding of self-care and how that not just didn't just relate to me and my own personal practices and habits and routines, which I do talk a lot about and they're really important, but that there was this whole other layer of interpersonal self-care that I wanted to practice and that I was afraid to practice and I needed support to practice. And I did, I started to do it, I started to do some deep digging. And at the end of it all, I what I really came to was that I was just happy being with myself. Like the simple thing that I had what I wanted all along and I, I could return back home at any time just by clicking my heels, I just didn't know that. But it, it, of course, like I, I met Micah, who's now my husband, about two weeks later. So all the stuff that you hear about, just accept yourself and the person will come. I I tried that for years, but the issue was I wasn't really accepting myself and there were reasons why I wasn't and there were self-care tools that helped me. So I just talked to a lot of people about their self-care and I I hear a lot of people with with a lot of yearning around relationships and some of it's not being able to find the person that we want to be with, even though we're craving a long-term monogamous relationship. Sometimes it's about being with someone and just feeling like they're not the right person. Sometimes it's about just not feeling like we can be ourselves and not sure why that is. And if you feel this way in relationship, I just urge you that you don't have to feel that way. And, it, and I just wanna make sure that you know that there's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way, that, that uh, you are doing it, whatever you do and whatever's happening to you is happening for a good reason. There's so much to learn there. And I, um, I'm gonna almost guarantee you that if you do the digging work and you will look back and be grateful for all the struggles. Because <laughs> if you had told me that at the time of my deep struggles, I would have been like, no way. But I really am because it gave, it gave me um, access to myself that I didn't even know I was missing. So for, for those of you out there that are um, wanting this experience, I've created a program called Connect. And it's a small group coaching program, as I said. It's gonna be 10 people 
And we're going to take eight weeks together starting on November 19th and going through the beginning of January, being January 13th. And it's a combination of group coaching. So we're going to get a group of people who all want to have a similar breakthrough around relationships. We're going to, I'm going to share all the self-care tools that help me along the way. I'll offer one-to-one -one coaching, private coaching as well, because my goal is to get everybody to a place where they feel like they're no longer in this like struggle. <laughs> and, and it might look different for everyone how it ends up in the end. What I do know is that coming together in group coaching experiences like this is a powerful experience. Somehow joining our momentum together with other people seems to help us make a much larger breakthrough than we can make on our own. This is why I continue to run groups. I've never run a group this specific around relationships, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, I put out a free call on um, self-care and relationships where I talk a lot more about this. So you can find that on my website, selfcarewithgracie.com. If you want to learn more, you can also reach out to me at gracie at selfcarewithgracie.com. And, um, and I just put the call out, but I've already gotten a few people saying they want some of the spots. So it is filling up a little bit quickly and we'll see how it goes. Great. So now for our episode today, exploring the shadow with Nina Jensen. Nina, as I mentioned, is a specialist and a supervisor in workplace and organizational psychology in Denmark. She has been leading team development and leadership trainings in organizations for over 20 years. And in 2016, she graduated as a certified integral facilitator with 10 directions. And that's actually how I know Nina is that we went through the same facilitation program together. She's an amazing person. She's so perceptive and funny and honest and you'll hear all of that in our conversation i just loved getting to know nina in this group because she would just talk about the things that matter she wasn't afraid to face the shadows in herself and talk openly about them and that gave me so much courage to be able to do the same thing in this conversation we speak about what the shadow is which i think a lot of us can read about psychology and hear about the shadow and not be quite sure like what is the shadow how does that affect me how does that affect my self-care so we get into that Nina shares a lot of her own journey about discovering that the shower, shadow inside of her was there and it had power and that if she could learn to face it directly, it, it gave her something back. And then a lot about how she is taking this work and translating it into her works with groups to be able to not only transform people's lives individually, but organizations as a whole. These are so many of the skills that I think we need to be moving forward in creating the world that we really, really want to be living in, a world that cares for all people. So I'm very excited to share Nina's message with you. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Nina. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast today. Hi, Gracie. I really have been looking forward to it. So Nina, tell us more about you and your life and what got you interested in, in the kind of work that you do around helping, helping people become more of themselves, understanding yourself more. I feel like there's so many names we can put on what you do. And, <laughs> and, um, and also how self-care has influenced your journey along the way. Yeah, I am. Um, well, I'm now uh, 53 years old and I live in, in Denmark and I am, um, I think I all my life has been very interested in what is it to be a human being. I remember myself from when I was a little girl, um, be, being very interested in how life is and how life was asking a lot of questions about why, why, why. 
when people were doing things. When I became a teenager, I I read a lot of uh, science fiction books because I was so interested in in all this supernatural thing and all this kind of life of of uh, how it was explained in other ways. Um, and then I was when I was uh, let's see 18 years old, I worked as an accountant for five years and. But always was sitting, looking at how people were in their jobs. And then I decided I better be a psychologist because I was more interested in in their cooperation, in, in how they collaborated and all that, that I was in, in, in the accountants. So I have, when I look back, I have always had this interest in human beings, human beings and how we are and what gives our lives meaning and and what is your own process of understanding self-care been like for you like growing up did you did, how did you see self-care modeled for you what have you learned about self-care along the way of in your process of wanting to understand people more i have um when i grew up i grew up in a family where uh, especially women and self-care wasn't something that was necessarily normal. So self-care was, um, uh, there was a lot of uh, sacrifice in, in many of the women choices in my family, sacrificing themselves for family and for, yeah, to, to make their children be happy and their husband be happy. Uh, not only my mom, but also um, in my broader family. And also because of that age or that generation of uh, wasn't necessarily working a lot uh, at that time. So so self-care was for me when, when I found out that actually it was very uh, important that that I also felt um, I felt like me and that I had a value. Uh, self-care became uh, something that I wanted to explore more. Um, the way I, uh, let's see, in, in my earlier years, I did it by by being a lot, uh, um, I, I did strange things, if I should say it like that, that I uh, took some choices that weren't very appreciated. And, and um, I learned that um, when I took some choices from, I call it the inside, that felt true for me, even if it wasn't normal in the socialized um, area, I, there was another satisfaction and I felt more alive. I don't know if it makes sense in... Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I do... I really learned in my own process of self-care is that part of self-care is doing things that are counter-cultural sometimes that we each grow up in a culture that is our, you know, our country that we're from and the church that we go to and our family culture. And so often what many of us do is that we either, you know, conform to that culture and um, sacrifice our authenticity so we can be that. And then some of us kind of just flat out rebel and choose to like, yeah keep none of it. 
uh, and, I, and I always have felt like the middle path is like seeing what's valuable about the culture with that we come from and then also seeing where we need to choose differently so we can be ourselves and in the process of that understand more of who we are too. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think it was at that time that I discovered that the, um, at that time I didn't know what to call it, but there was a kind of guidance in me that wasn't coming from the outside. And I, when I was 18 years old, I remember the way I, I got my first job was uh, against um, against uh, normal uh, ways of of um, making your way in life. And I was I was uh, very curious about where did that come from that I could just feel that this decision of taking this job was true for me, even though I was advised to do otherwise. Uh, and um, for me, when I was 18 years old, I had a, a huge crisis in uh, that that um, had a lot of disturbance in my life with moving away from home and um, starting to take care of myself and finding out how my life should be. And, and I decided that was not very normal in my family or in my, um, in, among my friends that I would see a psychologist. Um, and that was kind of a waking up for me that the psychology just actually was talking about me and my values and how I made decision in my life and what was true for me exploring who am I really? So I think that, that I, in, in my early years, uh, being 18 years old, uh, got some help because of a crisis that in a way woke me up to, to, oh, I'm somebody. Oh, I have value. Oh, there's something about me that, that uh, can be explored and, and looked at. And I was very... Um, uh, it, it touched me so much the way she spoke to me because it was uh, she was curious and including also with the parts of me that I was shameful about or uh, worried about and didn't like and didn't talk about to others. She looked at it with her uh, heart and and uh, with with her inclusive way of of um, listening to me. And that was also a really big experience that, that oh, my not so um, beautiful parts, at least in my own eyes, somebody else can look at them, understand me, see me, and, and include them uh, without making me feel shameful. So I think she was a huge part of that I, after I had been five years uh, an accountant, um, chose to be a psychologist because she was a kind of a role model for me. I really appreciate what what I'm hearing from you. Uh, one of the one of the many great things that you're saying is I think a lot of us out there feel like that we have to really understand ourselves really well before we can take risky choices and be authentic and go for the the healing that we need. And what I'm hearing from your story is that. It, that it's in taking the risks that you've gotten to know yourself and yeah. really begun to understand yourself. And so putting, putting the, the authenticity first is what helped you gain more authenticity. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, a surprisingly guidance that I didn't understand, but but it felt right, uh, and and through that, things were happening and revealing themselves to me. It was it, it's kind of funny. I want to talk more about these parts of of yourself, of myself, of ourselves that are less pretty. Um, the parts that we're ashamed about, the parts that sometimes we're not even aware of. And in the community that uh, Nina and I met, where we talk about kind of this deeper human relating, the term that we use for it is shadow. And so Nina, I'd, I'd love to hear your definition of what the shadow is and, and how, how you've learned to work with that in your own life. Yeah, I've, I've um, since the first psychologist uh, I, I met when I was 18 was a Jungian. So it's Carl Jung that has um, written a lot and make a lot of exploration about the shadow. And, and she worked with me in a way where when, when there was some part of me that I didn't recognize or something that I didn't think was me, for example, if uh, another uh, one of my friends had a personality trait that I talked about I I really didn't was like I'm not like that that's her she's the mean one or she's the bitchy one and I'm not like that um, my psychologist works with it the way that she's just oh it's in your shadow so there's some some um there's some ground rule or belief that you are everything. If it's out there in the world, it's also in you. But you might not um, be able to recognize how it is for you with this trade. So what was beautiful for me to be met in a way where uh, I was too shameful to recognize that I'm also bitchy. I'm also vulnerable. I'm also not able to to always um, talk the way that I want to talk and that I could be looked at without uh, she made me feel shameful but look at that part of me and and explore it and see oh when was it put away in the shadow? When was that part of you not recognized or when did you learn that uh, you shouldn't show yourself this way? And then finding out, oh, okay, it makes sense that, that I'm not ex um, showing this trait of mine to everybody because I've learned that I might not be loved if I include this in, in the way I present myself. For example, anger, that is, has been one of the things that I have struggled a lot with how can I include anger? Um, how can I um, open the door to the cellar in my in my inner house and let anger come up from the <laughs> from the basement and um, and and look at it? Because I can get frightened when it's traits or sides of myself that I don't know so well. Can I control it? If I let anger out or bitchiness out, can I um, present them in a way so they, they won't take over everything? So shadow for me is a kind of, can, can you call it, um, 
inclusive way of looking at me and others to see, oh, if we are everything, if it's out there, it's also in me, then I also can look at other people with more love and more uh, compassion. Because then I don't only think that they have the bad traits. I can see it in myself as well. And bad traits, I don't know when I say that, I'm just, oh, then I'm shaming it. <laughs> but it has more or less mature side. So my anger has a side that is not very old. I have a side in my anger that is maybe four years old that can be very me, me, me-like and very impulsive and um, speaking from a place of not feeling very acknowledged. And then I have, with time, learned when that part of me is is uh, is one is, is activated. Instead of close closing it down, I can look at it with compassion and then uh, tell myself that now I'm a much more grown person. So what is the information that I get from this part of my anger? And how can I maybe act it out in a way that is more mature or with a higher age than the four-year-old that wasn't able to do more with anger than was allowed at that time? I, I love what you're saying. And I, um, I personally find the practice of shadow work to be, one, kind of scary because I don't know what I'm going to find always in there. And also, I, I find it to be really liberating, which I, which I heard and what you shared, because yeah. the, the liberation is that I don't have to spend so much energy resisting this thing that's just there. And it's just part of who I am. And, and I'm, I'm curious about perfectionism and how, how that might interfere with our ability to look at the quote unquote bad parts of ourselves. I don't really like saying bad parts of ourselves either because <laughs> I'm already excluding. Yeah. But the parts of ourselves we would rather not include the parts of ourselves we've been taught are not, are not good. Um, do you think perfectionism and the idea that we need to, to be perfect, um, they go together in some way? Yeah. I, I've, I've thought a lot about that the, the way I live my life where I have a kind of a higher intention that I that I look at life and see um, how can I receive how life is right now even though if it's not I'm, I'm not um, it's not what I wished for or hoped for but it's what is here how can I say welcome to that um, I have I notice that there can be some kind of perfectionism in me wanting to include everything, me wanting to do my shadow work perfect, me wanting to do my self-care and self-development uh, in a perfect way. And, and uh, that's a kind of um, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it when, when, when it's, it's kind of the opposite of what the intention with my work is to actually be more relaxed and released and free in in the way I am in the world, then instead it can be a perfectionist thing about doing my self-care right or doing my self-development right and perfect. So I have to watch for that perfectionism in uh, in many of the ways that I 
live my life. Um, also not, yeah, not to, um, not that it's getting kind of an elite sport or a marathon that I have to run. Um, then they had it. It can have the opposite uh, effect than I want. Yes, it's. I think that we. Um, it, for me, it's always the distinction between self improvement and self care. That when I get into that perfectionist mindset, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna recognize all the shadow and I'm gonna make it all go away and I'm gonna be this better person who's great at recognizing shadow. Or it's like it, it, the self care is not in that <laughs> energy for me. Like the self care is like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> like, what what can yeah. I do right now? Okay. And, um, and usually when I'm in the self-care energy, the recognizing the shadow is actually just such a relief. I was, I was yeah. last night, I can't remember what it was funny now, cause it felt maybe important at the time, but I was in my own head kind of feeling guilty about something I had said or done. And I was like, Oh, kind of like the, the bitchy shadow. I was like, I'm allowed to be a little bitchy sometimes Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or I just am. That's just it. I can fight and resist that. No, this shouldn't be who I am. But I was like, no, she's there. And that was her. And, you know, maybe I can apologize for it. But it was such a relief to be like, yeah, that's that's just part of like a human being. Yeah. And like you say, it's it's uh, the distinction between being self doing the self improvement part and doing the self care that that is constantly for me something to look for because it's it's so easy for me to to mix them together and don't notice when i'm actually in another project where it's about perfectionism but just on another level so i like your distinction yes and i love we're not projects like i'm not a project you're not a project nope. we don't need to turn ourselves in or fix ourselves or it, it's like we're just present it's like really like the word that's coming to me right now yeah so a lot of a lot of your work is about working you know with yourself obviously and with um other people but you work also with groups and I'm curious about how the shadow shows up in in groups when you're trying to help a group and how you recognize it and how you help a group begin to work with their own shadow yeah I've learned I, in my daily work I work as an organizational psychologist where I uh, go into organizations and help with team collaboration and conflicts and how to actually um, think together and, and make plans and make their jobs work so I have found that that my self-care and that my own shadow inclusion is very helpful when I go out in organizations because in in Danish organizations we have a lot of um, group shadow uh, and we have a lot of, for example, we have a lot of stress and a lot of uh, health issues about working too fast and too much and actually being out of ourselves and our bodies. So uh, I wouldn't be able to recognize it if I didn't have a practice for myself because then I, it would just be obvious. I would just be uh, colorblind or not colorblind, uh, speed blind when I came in and wouldn't see that, oh, they're really busy here. If I myself had included um, busyness as just a part of me. So, so the way I work with groups and, and shadows is, is uh, by constantly being aware of 
uh, my own shadows and my own biases so I can better uh, look at what is up for them and talk to them about it, what they see. There's a lot of cultural shame also about about not being able to work so fast as the others. So just being stressed and um, is a huge shadow at home. It's so shameful when you get a uh, when you need to to take time off because the doctor says that your stress is uh, very high. Usually it's a taboo, uh, and we don't talk about it. So so um, what we just talked about about self improvement and perfection is also in the group and in the culture, and it can be very uh, hard to to talk about and and because it it gives people choices or if they should take decision make decisions and go against what is normal and that can be a hard choice in a group or in a team to say i think we are really working too fast i think our time limits and our deadlines are overrated and we should do something about it if the group norms and culture are that you just have to pick yourself up and you have to be strong and work like a man or something like that, it needs a, a powerful self and a powerful being that, uh, with authority to make statements that, that include some of the shadow and talk about the taboo. So shadow work is very important in groups also and is also very challenging. Well, it's it's so interesting what you say, um, because it goes back to the beginning of your story, too, that it, it's your own ability or your own learning about how to make um, difficult choices with, that go against a group culture. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. how you <laughs> learn about yourself. And so now you're doing this on this bigger scale for people who that really, um, in, a, in a wider sense, need to understand this. Yeah, that it, uh, maybe it's my, um, maybe it's, what we can do as human beings is, um, for me at least, to see, oh, this is really something that I can feel and I know something about and I would love to invite others also to to be able to uh, take these choices. I, I have a really heartfelt intention around making us individually strong um, integrated and authentic human beings, whatever that means, and at the same time uh, be able to be in collaboration and team and family with other integrated, authentic human beings. So we can all stand in our strength and, and stand in our power and our vulnerability uh, and, and see each other's bigness without making each other smaller. So, so there can be a little tendency to, if I um, show my power and my authenticity, that that other people get small, or I need to make them small to be here. But I don't want to believe that. I I've seen a lot of um, uh, possibilities in in strong people being strong together, and I don't mean with strong. I don't mean. Uh, the classical way of thinking that you're strong, then you're not vulnerable. I also mean there's a lot of power in being vulnerable and fragile and uh, emotional, and, and that's also a strength. But, but 
to include in a group to be able to be yourself, whatever that means, but work with how yourself can be uh, can stand out and you can stand in your own strength and at the other at, at the same time invite others to do the same that's what i think is some of the meaning with life and being a human being collaborate and be yourself and collaborate be yourself and collaborate yes thank you for sharing your vision i feel the i feel the power of it and how much it means to you and I, and I, I really just want to draw out that it's not about um, just being your own self-care person or doing your own self-care work. It really is about doing that so you can be in community and then within the community having to honor and take care of yourself and make difficult decisions so you can serve the community. And that it is this interplay between the self and others. And, and I, I feel like I've been in a lot of communities where it was like to, in order to fit in in order to thrive in that community I had to ignore parts of myself and mm. then I've, I've been on the self-care path where I felt like well part of me being authentic is I guess I don't fit in anywhere and a lot of the healing I'm finding lately is finding communities and connecting to people that really care about my self-care and that really care about their own self-care and that there's something within the interplay of those two that just is feels so healing to where I think a lot of our collective self-care blocks lie. You say it so beautifully. Yeah. Well, I I learned it in community with you, Nina, in our in our community that we went through together. It was like, oh man, I have a really hard time showing up in this group. And I was like, oh, it's because I've been taught I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get and smaller. Said, I can't say what I really want right now. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember us doing it with the um, women in our group. We did a lot of feminine shadow work. That was uh, so beautiful to me. I've learned so much from that group where we were nine women together. And we were, uh, we had the intention of, of finding out what is the shadow both in us individually, but also that is coming up in this group. And and because of the safety we, we had, uh, my sense was that we went deep and I discovered things about myself that I didn't know and about others and the possibilities of, of uh, having that psychological safety so you could actually explore things that were really uncomfortable. Yes, I, that was really, it still continues to be very profound for me to have the self-awarenesses around that, that feminine shadow work. Yeah. For those people out there that are interested in doing more shadow work, this maybe feels a little bit unfamiliar, but what we're saying is resonating in some way. Do you have any, any wisdom that you would offer to someone who, who wants to start to face these parts of themselves more, but they're not quite sure how to do it, or it makes them uncomfortable to, to have to look at that? Well, my, my own practice is that if I, uh, if I make, if I hear myself talk about a trade or a person in a way where I have very much distance to what they are about, for example, if now I just choose an example with anger, if somebody is very angry and I feel that I really talk about it resentful and I don't understand and how can this be? It's a practice of mine to see, oh, how is that for me? 
So if I distance myself to some somebody else who has some kind of trait, I'm always pointing the finger back at me and see how is this for me. So some of the shadow work can be what is it right now that I don't think is me. And of course, I don't think about uh, my, the color of my skin or the, the country I'm born in, but, but more a trade. So that could be one of the practices if, if somebody, somebody wants to explore this more, to, to look up what, what is it that I don't include right now in my self-identity that I might could look with a little uh, flashlight in myself to see did I hide it at some at some point? Did I was I once told that this was not a um, um, nice way to be? This is something if I want to uh, have value uh, that I was told that then I shouldn't be like this. And and I think there's no end to this exploration. There will always be parts of ourselves that are not owned, that we don't own as us. And uh, they're maybe not either empowered. So even if we own them, we we might not empower them. So they, we actually want to show them or stand in them. So so it's just what is not me could be one way of looking at it. I I really love that. <laughs> and and just a word out there for anyone who is doing that work, whatever you find we're all finding it. So if you like start yes. to look inside and be like, oh, I'm not owning that I'm just so controlling or I'm so um, anxious or I'm so depressed or I'm so judgmental or I hate people or whatever it is, we all feel it. <laughs> and if anyone says that they don't, it's probably because they have not done the shadow work. So yeah. I do think, <laughs> as you brought up earlier, Nina, it's really important to take the shame out of it. But like, so you don't have to be shameful about it. It's just, these are parts of ourself and I, and I think when I've learned how to just see them and be like, oh, I'm bitchy. Yeah. Then it, it helps me not have to act unconsciously from that space. But rather, I, I understand when that part of myself is activated, I can handle it a little bit more skillfully, bring a little bit more consciousness into it. So there's there's no problem with what we find in our shadow. But the work is really like looking. <laughs> Yeah, and you, it can also be golden shadow. So there are traits of yourself that you don't see that are really uh, valuable. If if I keep on saying to you, Gracie, that I find you so wonderful when when you speak so clearly about things, and and I I don't know how to do this, I might have a shadow myself on on something that I am actually uh, have a quality in me. But, but I, I have in some way also a shame about standing forward with that quality. So I project it onto others that they have it. So it can both be shadow that we don't want to associate with that we regard as a, a bad trait in, because we learn it is. Or it can also be something that is actually a quality that we, we shy away from unconsciously and project it onto others. So it, it's at least one way of, of looking for the shadow is to see what do we project onto others. And it can be of all kinds. And, and, but, and it doesn't, because I'm also bitchy, it doesn't mean that I can't set boundaries to another person that is bitchy to me. So it doesn't have a purpose that I then get all boundaryless and accept everything that is done to me and all, all approaches to me 
from outside the world, but just that I might be able to, just as you put it before, to do uh, it very skillfully if I acknowledge myself that I also know that trade, but I don't want it this way so I can set up a boundary for it. So it's just to say that this exploration about shadows is not to make us boundaryless and accept everything, but just to know that that there are some traits in the world that we all have in some way, as you beautifully put it before. Golden shadow. I never heard that term before. I really like it. And that resonates. And I imagine a lot of people out there, uh, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are women. And I think as women, we've been taught we're not allowed to own our power. So I, can, I imagine there's a lot of golden shadow that is going on out there. So just having a name for that is so healing. Thank yeah. You. And and really what, like, what I feel has emerged from this conversation that's so powerful is that there is a self-care to shadow work. That shadow work in and of itself is a form of self-care, but there's a way that we do it, that we are gentle with ourselves as we do it. We don't push ourselves. We don't turn ourselves into a project. We we really recognize the service of our doing this for ourselves, how it helps others. We put boundaries around it, as as you mentioned. So all of that is just so powerful and um, really appreciate sharing with you on it. Yeah, I think that shadow work can be an inclusive where we include more parts of ourselves with love and compassion. So we actually, some parts of ourselves can grow up in our care, in our own loving hug uh, that, that, uh, that can make more parts of ourselves included and be able to function more adequately according to our age and our experience. So I see it as very caring for our inner self to to be more expanded. Nina, I always ask this question. I'm curious to hear your answer. What does self-care mean for you? Well, much of my self-care, I, I really learned when I met you because you took it to another level. Um, I didn't have that term before I met you in, in such a qualitative way. Self-care to me, to me means that I include myself as valuable. That to be able to, um, if I can meet myself with loving eyes and acceptance, then I'm able to grow. And then it's easier for me to be in, in, um, in a relationship with others in a way where I uh, look at them with love and care and make them able to grow. So self-care for me is actually a very huge, like breathing, that, that it's a m- way of meeting myself and others that, that is uh, more loving. Thank you so much, Nina. It's such a gift to have your, your wisdom and presence here with us. For those listeners who would like to stay in touch with you and your work, how do people how do people know more of Nina and the world? Well, since De- Denmark is a, um, we we speak Danish, so it's more easy if if we spoke more English. We also do that, but but my web page and and is in Danish. So so to keep in touch with me is. Um, um, for example, on 10 Directions, I have written two blogs where, in English where you can read some of my thoughts. Um, and then I have my, my company in Denmark called Cosma, uh, where I, I teach and um, 
make facilitations. What does Cosma mean in Danish? Yeah, it means it's if the female expression of cosmos. That is, um, cosmos is the opposite of chaos. And I would like to to uh, give a little kind of structure and in, in instead of chaos in the world. And then it's uh, kind of the first sentence, no, the first letters in coaching, organization, and supervision. And then in Dan- in Danish. Human beings are called mennesker, so it's the M, and work is called arbeid, so it's the A. So it's both the cosma, it's a female expression of cosmos, and then it's the first letters in, in, in the words that I work with. Wonderful. Well, I will put links to, uh, to the articles that you wrote, which are really insightful and um I think necessary reading for people and as well as your website in the show notes. And you can find those at selfcarewithgracie.com. Nina, thanks so much. I just really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Gracie. And for everybody listening out there, you know, it's the shadow. It's, it's going to scare you in some way. We're going to, we're taught to avoid it. But I've found, and as Nina has shared, she's found too, there's so much power in learning to face it and practice self-care within it. And that, that bringing these parts of ourselves in is not just healing for us, but healing for the world around us. So do your shadow work, get support, and we'll keep talking about self-care. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm